Welcome back, me sweet listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The Me Sweet podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C suites lead the companies we most admire. The C suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, is everything running smoothly in our day to day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. On this episode of the me-suite, we are going to focus on creativity. And think for a moment about you, probably as a younger person, really flexing your creativity muscles and how often we let that atrophy as life gets in the way or corporate takes over our brains. And more and more in today's world, we are needing more creativity and having to really focus on it in a deliberate way. So I thought it would be very valuable and just terrifically fun to focus an episode with someone who lives and breathes creativity daily. Today, we have the Chief Creative Officer of Curiosity Division for our interview. His name is Mark Musto, and he focuses on design thinking, storytelling, innovation strategy, and he has a very impressive list of accolades that include award-winning work from the Grand Prix at Cannes, And he recently was listed as one of the top hot creative teams worldwide by Creative Magazine. We are clearly talking to the right person today. Welcome, Mark Musto. Hi, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a very fun ride. I do want to talk about creativity, but I can't start there first. We need to start with core values. Can you share your core values with the listeners? Well, first of all, I thought it was a great question. It made me kind of reevaluate myself and sort of put pen to paper and really think about it. Um, obviously, curiosity. I, I named the company Curiosity Division. So <laughs> really being curious about life and approaching problems with a childlike mind and, and, and really never getting bored. I really believe you can find interest and learning almost anywhere you look if you approach it with the right mindset. So mm. clearly, I would say curiosity. I would also say passion. Okay. I think, you know, when you delve into a career, uh, you're going to have lots of ups and downs and lots of challenges and lots of things to overcome. And if you don't have a, a genuine, you know, deep passion for what you do, um, I think I think you're going to struggle. So so I, I try to approach everything with with passion mm-hmm. and, and to sort of never do anything halfway. So yeah. to speak. <laughs> um, so I would also add honesty. Mm-hmm. I think uh, in, in personal relationships, I think honesty is really important. I think in the professional arena, uh, I would I would call it candor. I'm mm. a big believer in radical candor in the workplace and building kind of world-class teams and high-performing teams. I think uh, in order to do that, you have to have radical candor. And then finally, integrity. You know, I, I think integrity is just so important in all facets of our lives, right? In, in personal relationships and in business, you have to have integrity, I believe. You have to, you know, you know, you have to have trust and people have to, uh, you know, truly believe in you to go that extra mile. So I really think approaching everything 
in life with integrity is is really, really important. I imagine, too, in the creative space, it requires vulnerability. And I can imagine why honesty and integrity would be very important in the work that you do just because of the vulnerability that you require. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think any any great creative thinker, whatever their particular discipline is, you know, has to be vulnerable. I mean, mm-hmm. whether you're a musician or a, a painter or a, a, a dancer, it doesn't really matter. You know, you're, you are taking sort of a risk by sharing that piece of you. And mm-hmm. obviously in business, and we, we could talk about the different definitions of creativity, obviously mm-hmm. in business, creativity has a different definition than it does in, in the arts, for example. But, um, you know, one of the things you learn as a, as a creative growing up in, you know, in the design and advertising world is to not get too attached to your ideas, right? Because, mm-hmm. because they often die, right? It's sort of like that, mm-hmm. you know, the, that, that uh, nature uh, show where, they, where you see the, um, uh, the turtle kind of laying eggs on the, on the beach and, you know, they all crack open hundreds of little turtles kind of running to the ocean and one by one they get picked off by birds and you know other predators and you know you're lucky if one <laughs> kind of gets into the water and survives and and so you know you kind of have to fall in love with ideas plural and not get too attached to any one idea if mm. that makes sense. yeah it does make sense but it's hard oh absolutely yeah. it's hard yeah. um, but you have you, you sort of develop a thick skin and mm-hmm. and you kind of again i think falling in love with the process and not the outcome is really really critical in any mm-hmm. creative pursuit well any pursuit really mm-hmm. um I think you're too focused on the outcome you're not going to really enjoy the ride that is very interesting so let's start with the fundamental definition of what is creativity well, again, I think there are many definitions, but but mm-hmm. uh, the, the definition that I always talked about, it's, it's problem solving with relevance and novelty, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, having ideas that are uh, relevant, you know, are they relevant to the problem that we're trying to solve? And novelty, are they unique, right? Mm-hmm. Are they original? Do you believe that everyone is creative? I do. And I, I think creativity is a muscle. It, it, it's It's sort of like practicing yoga or going to the gym, right? Creativity and strength build in increments. I firmly believe it's something that can be strengthened and improved upon. Mm-hmm. So yes, I believe everyone creative. Uh, at some point, we stop pursuing that. And I think that's kind of a shame. In the last several years, I've had a chance to study the neuroscience of behavior change and Basically, brain-based coaching is the is at the foundation of my coaching practice. And there are three fundamentals that the brain requires. One of them is the concept of safety. Uh, the other one is that the brain is constantly learning. And the other premise is that the brain is energy that has to be managed. And I can, when I use those examples and I wonder, well, no wonder we get our creativity shut off when we go into the corporate world. A, it's often not a safe environment. And B, you don't have the energy to focus appropriately uh, to continue to flex your creative muscle. And I guess it doesn't really hit on the third one. I think the problem is the energy and the safety. Well, I think that's really interesting, Donna, because um, I do think emotional safety is, mm-hmm. um, is critical in any group, regardless of what you're trying to accomplish, right? I mean, people need to be emotionally safe in what they do. Mm. Again, to your earlier point is about being vulnerable mm-hmm. and and sort of taking a risk and meeting that you could be wrong or you could look foolish or you could say something 
maybe that didn't come out the right way, right? And and that's all part of the creative process. The creative process is messy. Mm. And, and also, you have to kind of train your mind to bring kind of separate ways of looking at uh, at the uh, at a creative process, right? So, creativity is a process and it's a continuum. And if you, for example, bring the inner critic or uh, what I call the naysayer mm-hmm. to the idea generating phase, right? Then you're going to shut a room down and somebody high up in the organization, you have to be extra careful about the energy you bring into a room mm. because uh, people will be, be sort of hyper aware of the hierarchy in the room. And they will, if, if you bring that kind of negative mindset of a naysayer into that space, you will shut that entire room down. And, and one of the things you can do uh, is to kind of check your own energy and make sure the kind of energy you're bringing to that brainstorm, mm-hmm. because if you, uh, if you do bring that mindset of a, of a naysayer, you'll just crush the room, everybody shut down, and you know, all those wonderful ideas and green shoots will, will, will just not happen. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of one of the core tenets of improv. If anybody's done improv exercise, this is probably the most famous one is yes and. Of course, uh, yes. And that's an energy builder, and no would be the naysayer. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of people don't know this, but the word no actually triggers a fight-or-flight response within ourselves, and it raises our cortisol levels. Yeah. So it, it actually has a, a physiological effect on us. I think we can all relate to moments in our personal lives and in our, in our intimate relationships where we can sort of go, yeah, I can, I can relate to that. But I think we, we forget about it in the, in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And so I do think yes, and is a wonderful technique to build upon people's ideas, make people feel included. Yeah. So I, you know, I think being a critic is, is kind of lazy, right? Mm-hmm. Anyone can be a critic. Anyone can sit back. You know, I like to say conference rooms are where creativity goes to die <laughs> because it's funny. Like you, you put an idea in the center of a conference room table. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you just watch all everyone around the table kind of lean back and cross their arms and kind of scrunch their nose up. And and it, it, it's almost like they're just dying to criticize something. And so oftentimes what I'll do in workshops and with clients is I'll get meetings out of a conference room. Mm-hmm. And I will literally line up giant black foam core boards in a, in a, in a hallway. And I'll get my clients to stand and be shoulder to shoulder with me. So now suddenly the entire energy of that process has been shifted. Mm-hmm. It's been shifted from criticism to collaboration, yeah. right? Now, now we're shoulder to shoulder. We're, we're putting stickies on a, on a wall. We're, we're screaming stuff out. We're co-creating. It's just a completely different energy. I love it. Do you believe that creativity comes from collaboration? Is that the main source? I believe the best brainstorms and collaborations happen when people do their kind of homework, right? Yeah. So that you come prepared. Uh, I mean, clearly creativity can be a sort of solitary pursuit. I mean, there are clearly yeah. tons of great examples of that. You know, if you're Stephen King banging away on a novel in a, in a you, know, you know, log cabin somewhere in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. he's clearly creative. But I think uh, being creative in groups is trickier. Mm-hmm. But it's also obviously critical in building kind of agile teams that want to innovate quickly and uh, and rapidly prototype and and kind of the speed at which modern business is moving. Mm-hmm. I have to collaborate effectively in, in groups and and quite frankly, 
be fun. I mean, I think it's 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 a different experience. I like creating on my own. I love creating in groups. I think yeah. I think um, they're just different. It's like a, a different uh, a different stroke in swimming. You know, it's like one is backstroke and one is freestyle. You know, like uh-huh. they're both swimming, but they're but they're slightly different. Yeah. So let me ask a fundamental question, which maybe is making me the critic. So hopefully, it's not a lazy question. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, but the question is, why is creativity important? Well, I think if you, again, if you want to, uh, and again, we're talking in terms of a business, not in terms of fine art or um, music or, or other aspects of creativity. I think in business, if you want to innovate quickly mm-hmm. and kind of stay ahead of disruption and change, the center of that is creativity, right? I mean, it's, you see the most successful companies on earth mm-hmm. from Apple to JetBlue to Starbucks to Accenture to Fjord to, um, to all these different industries and companies. You know, they don't, they don't put creativity at the center of everything they do to appeal to cool kids. You know, they do it because it drives meaningful change. It creates opportunities, right? It creates beautiful products and experiences. And, and it's sort of utterly necessary if you want to stay ahead in, in the fluid environment of business today. Mm. I often talk about Walt Disney was a master at this. He, he, um, he would uh, have different rooms and he would walk a, a, a movie script through these different rooms, right? He had a room called The Dreamer. He had a room called The Realist. And he had a room called The Spoiler. And he would walk these scripts through and 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 the team around that that table would would bring those very mindsets uh, to the script, and he understood intuitively that if you brought that mindset of the spoiler, you know, to the beginning of the process, mm-hmm. you would kill every script, right? So, so uh, you know, I think it's a, a wonderful uh, process and a wonderful way of thinking about creativity and the process of creativity is that you have to bring those different mindsets uh, to it. Um, at the right point in the process, otherwise mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna shut it down. And I think that's relevant to to anything. I think anything in life I can think of, I think that would be that would be helpful. And then I think also um, rapidly prototyping is a great skill to bring to any aspect of life. Right? You know, like make something, try it. You know, mm-hmm. see if it works. You know, you know. I think there can be sort of a you know you can think about stuff and and and. And, and never take action, you know, and, and one of the things I, I talk to, you know, some of the biggest brands in the world about is, is actions are more important than words. Mm-hmm. So I think just taking action mm-hmm. and, and rapidly prototyping is, is something that, that you could apply to almost any facet of, of your life. Yeah, I love it. You're making me have an idea for some research I want to go do. I want to go do some research around any connections between uh, mindfulness, meditation, and creativity, unlocking creativity. Well, I, I, I meditate every day, and, and um, I use um, uh, uh, an app that I'm totally drawing a blank on Is right it now. Headspace? Headspace, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, the gentleman who started that company, um, you know, he talks a lot about, in metaphors, about, you know, the mind being a blue sky and uh-huh. and, and and clouds being kind of negative thoughts and or a, a highway with lots of cars. And I think it's, a, it's an interesting way of thinking about your mind. And if your mind is kind of jammed up with, you know, rainy clouds or tons of car traffic, mm-hmm. it is tough to kind of focus and it is tough to, to explore an idea. So I do think mindfulness 
is a wonderful technique to um, increase creativity. And the other thing too that that you know I think is helpful in this space is, and it's something I talk about a lot with with teams. And I think we're in in our society we're kind of obsessed with the word confidence. Mm. And um, I think that's kind of a mistake. I think we should be focusing on competency. Oh. And I think, um, for, for example, if you're not competent at something, you probably shouldn't be confident about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so, so I think, um, I think the word confidence can be this weird amorphous thing. Well, how do I get it? You know, confidence can be this weird amorphous word where it's like, where do I go to get it? How do I train confidence? You know? I think more people should be focusing on competency, getting mm. good at something, and and then you start to stack competencies, and that's how you build a successful life, right? You you, you build a successful career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can be relationship skills that you build, and and I think I think that might be more helpful for people in creating this um, this life that they want. I think I think that's a uh, maybe a reframe and maybe a, uh, something that's not maybe talked about in kind of the rah-rah USA. You know, we have to be confident. We have to, you know, be strong. We have to be this. Yeah. I think competency is something that we should focus more on. I think it'll help more people uh, achieve their, their goals, whether it's uh, a career goal or a personal goal. And then I think finally, I, I, another interesting idea that maybe can spark some uh, some ideas for your listeners is the idea that constraints are your friend. Okay. And I think a lot of times when we approach problems, we look at constraints as the enemy. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough time or we don't have enough resources, money, or, you know, uh, we don't have the right technology, right? Um, constraints can, if you reframe constraints, they can actually become your friend. Um, when you think about um, my favorite example of this is, I don't know if you're a, a, a racing, a Formula One racing fan, but I think Formula One is fascinating. Just such an interesting mix of technology and cultures and graphic design and excitement. Yeah. And, and anyway, so, you know, every year the engineers are given these crazy constraints on how, how small the engine displacement can be. Mm-hmm. Right. So these are tiny engines compared to even some cars on the road. And yet engineers year after year after year figure out new ways of extracting more horsepower and more horsepower through turbocharging all these, you know, interesting technologies. And, and I just find it fascinating, right? Because, you know, they could just throw their hands up in the air and say, well, guys, this is, we're going to get 500 horsepower out of this engine. It, but they don't. They embrace that constraint and they continue. And another great example is just, you know, a show like Seinfeld, mm. right? I mean, 90% of that show takes place in a living room, right? <laughs> you yeah. know, that's a constraint. Yeah. But yet they figured out a way to extract, you know, 10 years of some of the most breakthrough hysterical comedy ever created. So I think, I think, you know, flipping that in your head whenever you're faced with a challenge that, you know, oh, I don't have enough of this or I don't have enough of that. Mm-hmm. Train your mind to think of constraints as as uh, a challenge and a, a, as a as a as a friend rather than an enemy. I love it. It's also another parallel to brain based coaching, which is the concept of self limiting beliefs. Sure. Yeah. And what is the self limiting belief or the soundtrack in my own mind that is keeping me from seeing the possibilities? And I think constraints are your friend is a really great way to tee that up to have people think a little bit differently. 
about constraints are, uh, it's a positive word. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I mean, let's face it. I mean, how often do we not have constraints? Right. Exactly. In, in, in any environment, <laughs> right? I mean, tell I me mean, what else is new. I think just embracing the notion of volume. I think in mm-hmm. any process, if you, I mean, from Bruce Springsteen to Prince to, to, um, to world famous architects, all of them have just stacks of unexplored work and unexplored ideas. And that's because they embrace this notion of, of, of generation mm. volume, you know, volume in order to get to quality, you must first start with quantity. And it's just, it's just a, um, an uncomfortable truth of the creative process. You will never get to greatness unless you create volume. Wow. And I think you really got to the nugget for me, which is make a mistake. Yeah. Allow yourself to make a mistake. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like some of the fascinating breakthroughs in science mm-hmm. have been mistakes. Yeah. Like one of my favorites is um, Percy Spencer was an engineer at, at Raytheon years ago, and he was um, helping to make uh, radar more accurate. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came home from work one day and, <laughs> and he and he keys and his spare change out of his pocket and he had a candy bar in there and the candy bar had melted from the uh the radar rays in the laboratory Uh (laughs) and that was the birth of the modern microwave oven yeah amazing so like so like you know just like weird off the wall i think i think we also have to uh i train teams to leave room for those happy accidents right because Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we're so constrained with time and we're so focused on one, you know, one summit, right? And, and oftentimes through the process of getting to that summit, there might be a happy accident that, that could solve another great problem. And so, leave, you know, try to leave uh, optimism for happy accidents because oftentimes those are the best ideas. Yeah, I love it. But I do think that's kind of the root of the problem here. I mean, how can you possibly be creative if yeah. you're... If you have no time. That's something I would like to leave this episode with is let's challenge all of ourselves to create white space to free us up to focus on creativity. I think that's a big theme for today. Yeah, leave room for it and, and see where it goes. And, mm-hmm. and you know, create a little garden for yourself and, and, and water it and take care of it and see what, you know, see what grows from it. Well, Mark, I can only imagine how fun it is to walk around the world as your brain. And I appreciate appreciate you sharing it with the listeners and giving us uh, some positivity and some things to think about. I hope other people can have a similar story. I love what you're doing. I think it's I think it's wonderful and and not only just challenging yourself and branching out, but but I think I think the core topic of what you're trying to communicate to folks is, is so needed and, and I think will benefit uh, a lot of people. So thank you so much for, you know, inviting me in on this journey. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at themesuite.com. That's v-me-suite.com. Sweet like executive suite. That's the dash me dash suite.com. The me suite, a source of power for the life minded.